Masters Podcast, CM Life's pro wrestling podcast where we cover all WWE-related news, pay-per-views, and television. I'm your host, Grant LaFave, and I am joined, as always, by Jameson Galloway. Jameson, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, man. We, uh, we got a lot of wrestling to cover. We got a lot of Raw to cover. Yeah. A lot uh, of Red Brand to cover. I mean, think about it. Clash of Champions, three hours long. Raw, three hours long. SmackDown, two hours long. And then we do about an hour podcast. That's nine hours of wrestling. Man, I'm, I'm tired, man. It's a lot of wrestling. We love wrestling, but that's still a lot to pay attention to, a lot to cover. Yeah, I, I was tired out by the first, you say six hours, but they both went over the top of the hour yes, they by did. a little bit. So let's call it six and a half. Yep. But SmackDown rejuvenated me. It, it brought me back to life a little bit. SmackDown seems to do that every week, really. Yeah, it just like perks me up yep. and it makes me excited for the next week of wrestling, which by the end of Raw, I am in no way looking forward to some of the time now. But we will get into that and the reasons for that. Um, so the first Raw brand exclusive pay-per-view, WWE Clash of Champions, happened on Sunday. So let's take it from the top here. Our show was kicked off by Nia Jax once again defeating Alicia Fox after a Samoan drop. Shocker. Yeah. This is... What do you think of... Because she seems to go through finishing moves sporadically. We might talk about it when we get to Raw, too. Okay. But what do you think of her finishing moves so far? She had the side slam... She has the leg drop. Uh, now she has the Samoan drop, and she's used all of them before. Do you think this one is fitting, or do you think that one of the other ones works better? Yeah, the Samoan drop worked. I mean, everything she does is devastating. Uh, that looked like it hurt. But um, anything Nia Jax is doing, I think, is uh, is all right. She can do any finishing move. I don't see anybody beating her anytime soon, so whatever move works for her. Right, and I I think there's this weird disconnect between her and the rest of the division. It's almost like the Braun Strowman thing, right. where she's so separate from Bailey and Charlotte and Sasha and even like the valet, basically Dana. She's so separate from all of them, yet she's this anomaly. She's this talented competitor, and they really need to figure out a way to integrate her into so that they have a women's division that's more than sometimes four people on Raw. Right, and hopefully this moves her into some sort of feud, but I, we didn't really see too much about that. Yeah, or at least we'll get some fun squash matches. Yeah, just for the next three months, just, just her squashing people. Yeah, they're going to build up her character and then put her immediately in the title picture and then drop her all... No, <laughs> I don't even want to say that. I hope they don't do that. But anyway, our uh, first match of the official show is the Raw... These It's now the Raw Tag Team Championships. Yeah. Change that on us, thinking I wouldn't know. <laughs> but uh, the, Raw tag, or the Raw Tag Team Championship match, I can't even say it, was the New Day defeating the club once again. Um, as tired as this match is, this might have been my favorite of their matches. The club finally looked like people who wanted to win a wrestling match. Jamison, your thoughts? I just I have no idea when the New Day is going to lose these titles. They didn't lose them on Sunday. They didn't lose them on Monday. This was a good match. I like that uh, Francesa, too, got involved. Uh, it's... I don't know. I'm I'm just the new day. If you have the titles for over 400 days, I get burned out, man. I I I I was hoping this was the club win, but they didn't go that direction. I was hoping they'd at least give them some character progression because these were both, especially Monday Night Raw, hard-fought matches, and the New Day had to resort to some trickery like they used to do, but it was just desperation in this case, but it wasn't really sold that way. I didn't feel like the announced team didn't really all they could talk about was demolition. If you listen yeah. to commentary during that raw match, they brought up demolition approximately 600 times. I try to tune out commentary as much as possible, but that's honestly a good idea. <laughs> like it's one of the benefits of being able to see these things live. Another thing I don't get, I mean, we'll get to it more when we get to raw, but it's not as bad now that we have the network. We are only paying, you know, 10 bucks for it. But back when you had to pay, 55 bucks for a pay-per-view and then you see the same matches on raw the next day for free like i could have just saved my money and watched raw and this was a match they had on raw uh they had another match on raw that was from the pay-per-view we'll get to that but I, i'm not a fan of that yeah like if you if i showed you if we take away all the uh bells and whistles all the decorative the frivolities all the decorative pieces that distinguish raw from the pay-per-view which there are not many um, and I showed you those two matches and asked you which one was which. Would you be able to tell me? No. They just, they just With the exception of Kofi getting busted open. Yeah, that was that was pretty big time. He was really busted open. I've never seen Kofi like that. But, uh, no, they just kind of run together, you know. I, I couldn't tell you one from the other right now probably. Yeah, it's, 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 yeah. 
it's uh it's a thing and new day's gonna be our champions forever for the next 800 days the next 800 and i and i like i almost say liked them because they've quickly turned into a digressive part of the a regressive part of the show right but you know what um they're still over i mean they're definitely still over with the crowd i was just uh I was ready to see the titles on on somebody else on Sunday. I felt like that was the right time to do it, but yeah, there are other tag teams that need the titles. The New yeah. Day doesn't need exactly. them right now. That's they like you know you don't. There's this old saying: you give it to the guy who needs it, not necessarily the guy who has deserves it. Because like some people can, you know, they have enough momentum to keep chasing the title or to get in a program with someone, and it's still over, and people are still interested. But another team really needs that validation because they just made everybody look like a joke because they beat everyone and they take none of it seriously. Exactly. It's gone on for so long now that it's become a problem, even though it wasn't at first. So, But anyway, moving on from that, we have the Cruiserweight Championship match. It was TJ Perkins uh, defeating the Brian Kendrick uh, with uh, Knee Bar. I enjoyed this match. Yeah, it was what a What did you match. think of the Cruiserweights? I liked it. I, th- I thought the Cruiserweights are fun to watch. They're bringing out stuff that I've never seen. Um... I got. I, I like T.J. Perkins a lot. I gotta. I gotta nitpick one thing. His entrance. Dude, you cannot nitpick his entrance, I, man. There's just one. Like the music's cool. I like the old video game theme. I like his Manny Pacquiao shorts. But the the dab and the the dancing that he's done, dude. Come on. We don't. We don't need the dab anymore, especially on your entrance. The dab was like last year, Cam Newton. <laughs> but that was my only nitpick. You, you want to keep football and wrestling completely yeah, separate? Yeah. Yeah. And especially 2015. The dab stays in, in <laughs> early 2016, late 2015. I'm, uh, that, that's my only nitpick. But T.J. Perkins is a great wrestler. Brian Kendrick had a good match. I think they told a good story. Uh, I, was, I was happy with this. Yeah, I, I love Brian Kendrick a lot more than T.J. Perkins. Uh, he can really sell that desperation. He's a heel not, because, not only because he's a jerk, but because he's desperate to win. And they really told that well, especially in the Cruiserweight Classic. He was a standout there. It was just this heart-wrenching story. Yeah. So I hope they continue that, but it just looks like he's going to get a bunch of title shots, which sort of negates his whole struggle. Right. We're going we're gonna to talk about title shots getting handed out like they're nothing. but Seems to be a theme. Yeah, just just now, actually. It hasn't been a problem for years or anything. It's, right. We're just noticing it right now. <laughs> so, But anyway, coming up, uh, match seven in the best of seven series, uh, Cesaro versus Sheamus. You're already looking at me. This was definitely their best match. <laughs> yes. This was definitely by far Sheamus and Cesaro's best match. You fight seven times, and we're doing this best of seven. We've been watching these guys wrestle for the last two months, and we can't get a winner in match seven. Yeah. Um, they found out a way to 50-50 that. Oh, my goodness. I, I could not believe that. Some people – did you like that? I, I've heard, actually, some people were happy with the, how they did it. I don't know how I, – I just couldn't believe that we've – Watch them fight this many times. Ready? Okay, it's game. It's it's game seven, match seven. We're we're ready for a winner, a draw. There can be a draw in match seven. I liked the match a lot. I didn't like the ending, but I like where they're going with it. So it was, it's a roller coaster for me. Yeah, it was a great match, yeah. but yeah, the ending I didn't understand it. It, it just all of a sudden, like uh, yeah. N- n- when was the last time you saw just both competitors like come in? People say, yep, neither of them can continue. They're just done. That's really, and then they both want to continue. So why wouldn't you let them continue? Right, it was a clothesline over the railing. It right. wasn't even the most extreme move of exactly. that match. Did you happen to notice like the <laughs> the worker guy that was, I don't know? He's just a guy, a security guy or something that like ended up getting hit by I think Seamus's leg or something, and he he wasn't actually hurt, but he was trying to play like should I get up right now? And he just like laid on the ground for the whole time they were there. <laughs> no, I didn't see that. That's awesome. <laughs> he, he was like looking around like he knew he's not part of the show. But now he just became part of the show, so he's like, should I stay down and act like I'm hurt? Or It was pretty funny. But. That's pretty good. I, I thought if you're going to do that finish, do it after Cesaro almost died doing the suicide dive, yeah. which is insane. Landed on his head. Yeah, and he got up and finished the match and then was on Raw and was in like 40% of the show. <laughs> so he's totally fine because he's actually Superman. But... Yeah. Um, yeah, no, This the ending was lame, but this was the match of the night for me. This was, like, in terms of just what you want to see from a wrestling match. It was entertaining. It built off of the work they had done, and it was just two guys going as hard as possible. Yeah, so. it was a great match. Great match. Uh, and now they're well, – we'll get to it on Raw, their, their tag team situation. But Yes. Just, I, I didn't agree with the direction there, but – Yeah, I'm – okay. So coming up next, 
because um, I want to say something about that too, but okay. we got to save some for Raw. Yeah, we do. But that's the thing with this pay-per-view is it's just Raw is the next two weeks of Raw are going to be fallout from this, and it's just so repetitive that you just end up talking about both. Exactly. But anyway, coming up in the next series of things that make zero sense to me, uh, Chris Jericho beat Sami Zayn. Uh, I liked the match. There was there were some not so good looking moves. Uh, Chris Jericho apparently doesn't know how to sell the tornado DDT because um, he looked like trying to move an action figure, like he just couldn't twist and drop down. But overall, I thought it was a solid match. I don't know why Jericho went over. Yeah, that was a that was a surprise. I, I'm I'm assuming he's going over because he's he's kind of in the universal title picture with Kevin Owens. And it, it wouldn't give him a whole lot of credibility to be Kevin Owens' best friend if he's losing to Sami Zayn, who Kevin Owens has beat. So I, I'm guessing that's why they went there. It doesn't look good for Sami Zayn to lose to Jericho pretty much clean. And uh, But I'm, I'm assuming Jericho's pitcher in the Universal title with Kevin Owens is why he went over. Yeah, I'm hoping they do something with that. And it's because putting Chris Jericho over Sami Zayn so he can look more credible as the kiss-up best friend of Kevin Owens is the lamest thing ever. But why else, you know, why else would he be going over, though? You know? I, I know, but it just, it's mind-boggling to me he, that they need to do that. He, he made a reference on Raw that we have the universal title. <laughs> so that was funny. That, that was, was funny. funny. No, he was really good on Raw, and, and we'll, and we'll yep. of course, talk about that. Yeah. Like, we keep snapping yeah, into it. Like, it's, it's, it's fine, though, because, you know. Whatever, they're the same thing. Right. So, coming up next, we have the women's match, uh, the triple threat for the Raw Women's Championship. Charlotte defeated Bailey and Sasha with almost zero effort, um, kicking Bailey into Sasha Banks, who fell off the ring ap- apron backwards, and then she just hit Bailey with a big boot and pinned her to retain the championship. Yeah, the match started a little slow. Um, it was a it was a fine match. These all these women put on a, a good show. Dana Brooke saved Charlotte like two different times from the bank statement or from losing, and uh, yeah, I guess it, I guess the right move for Charlotte to go to keep the title. I would I would have liked to see Sasha Banks win, but all in all, good match. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure why Charlotte is still the women's champion. Especially, I, I think they're doing the, this thing where you know Ric Flair won the title so many times. I'm thinking they're gonna keep taking it off Charlotte and putting it back on her, taking it off, putting it back on, so she can just rack up title wins and get that number up where her father is. But why? Because she's Charlotte. She's Charlotte Flair. She's the the prodigy of Ric Flair. Yeah, okay. Now, this is, it's so depressing to try to talk about a title picture with three people in it. Yeah. Because there's no, like, there's no uh, organic direction for it. Like, they've already kind of booked themselves into that area where... It's like, why does she have the title? But then again, oh, she probably should have the title. So, it, it's it's so I don't know. It's just so confusing. Like, and I and I liked this match. Um, it wasn't the best work we've seen from him. No, Sasha was doing some incredibly risky stuff, and she, she really needs she really lot. needs to be careful. Yeah, she honestly. Seems, she, there was a few times in the match, all, yeah, where I was like, is she gonna is she hurt now? Is she gonna be okay from that? But. Yeah, I mean they have a match next week, Sasha and Charlotte. Watch, I'm 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 predicting that's a Sasha win. They're you watch, Grant. They're gonna keep taking it off Charlotte and putting it back on her just so she can rack up title wins. Okay, yeah. Okay, here's the thing about credibility though. You need to put it on somebody and then let them defend it once or twice. Well, I mean she's because... def- she's been defending. I mean she just... no 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 she, Sasha. I mean oh okay because she you. lost in her first title defense right and or her first title defense on pay per view and. I get it. It, w- it made sense in the context of what was going on outside the ring. Sasha apparently had some injuries, which I'm glad she's feeling better now. But you need to give someone else some credibility because now, because the way the match was set up, they made Charlotte look very, very strong, and it didn't come off. I think the way that they meant it to. So, if if that makes any sense. Yeah, I, I, get, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. I do think, uh, I do think Sasha will will win next week, and I don't know. Maybe hopefully she will defend it for a while. But you got to, I mean, eventually it's, it's got to go back to Charlotte, you know, that's just yeah. how it works. Yeah, I know. But <laughs> stop, <laughs> stop bookending everything with, yeah, but Charlotte's going to get it back eventually. It's like, I, I know how titles work, man. Like, yeah. you know, she's, yeah. she's always going to win it and she's a great performer too. And she's really, really good. And I've really enjoyed the stuff with Dana. 
Um, she's better on the mic because she used to be the worst. Not the worst ever, but just that's hyperbole. But she was not great for a she, while. Nobody likes her. She's a great heel. Yeah, she's, no, she's honestly she's, perfect as a heel. Everybody hates her, which is her job. Mm-hmm. She's... She, she does good. She deserves to be champion. Yeah, no, she's definitely a great performer. I just wish that more... This is sort of the theme for the entire Raw brand this week, is that there's good work from everybody. Sometimes great work, but there's not the storytelling or the uh, the momentum in place for it to be as effective as it could be. Like, these guys are being undermined by the show, is, right. is my feeling. So... It's like I, I, you know, I love all three of them as performers. Um, very dynamic, very, very talented. But there's just sort of this, I don't know, it's just sort of this like cloud hanging over the Raw Women's Division right now because they don't really have a division, you know. No, the SmackDown di- Women's Division is is clearly more has more depth and it's more entertaining. I feel and they like. did it with six people. Yeah. Yeah, and I, it just goes to show you the different show format can really change things, but. And we're talking about Raw and SmackDown again. Shoot. <laughs> so, all right, let's get to the next match. So, United States Championship match. Now, I remember we were doing match predictions, yeah. and we haven't been going over these. And I and I was to the point of existential despair. I don't think we were right on too many is why we were not going No, over. I was wrong on – I guarantee you I was wrong on Jericho and Zayn. I we were wrong with, with Charlotte. We were wrong with the club. We both thought they yeah. were going to win. So. Uh, TJ Perkins, we were right. Yeah. Um. And then this was the this was the one match we we disagreed on, which you picked Reigns, and I picked Rusev because I just I, I wanted I, I wanted one pay per view where WWE wouldn't make Roman Reigns look like a god, but they did uh, again. Well, Roman looks really strong. Just I always go back. I, I, we talk about this a lot. <laughs> we always go back to the CM Punk <laughs> podcast where the the Vince or whoever backstage told him just make Reigns look really strong. And I just I get that vibe every time he's out there. I mean, how many times did he kick out of whatever Rusev was throwing him? He breaks out of uh, Rusev's finishing move. Um, Hulk Hogan style, just yeah, stands up. Yeah, just stands up. Like, no one else does that. Um, I don't know. I was just I, – I, you, you had to see it coming, I guess. But yeah, Reigns, Reigns is your United States champion. Oh, man, I'm so regretting picking that even though it came true. Yeah, like, exactly. I'm so upset that I was wrong. I that I that I was right. Um but okay, the match was alright. It was slow and it took a lot of time, but I'm not gonna blame either guy for that. They were just pacing themselves. Right. But it made Rusev look like such a chump because Lana pulled the referee out of the ring, which was awesome by the way. You yeah. have this like two hundred pound referee getting yanked out of the ring by Lana and Lana doesn't know what happened. I love that. And then she got ejected and then Reigns pinned him again. So yeah. he looks like Helpless, like they've yeah. negated the past couple months of booking, where he's been this really, really entertaining, dominant U.S. champion. Exactly, and 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 Rusev threw everything at him. He, like I said, Reigns broke out of the accolade twice. Uh, Rusev kicked him in the face like ten different times, and it just doesn't doesn't phase Reigns whatsoever. Yeah, and I liked the selling, but he does the John Cena thing. I don't know if that's his style or if somebody tells him to do that, but you just stop selling. And, and I know that yeah. if, if you try to nitpick every little thing about selling, you'll just end up driving yourself crazy. But there's noticeable points where he just decides that he can fight through the pain. Now, there's times when that's okay. Like, American Alpha with the knee injury does that a lot because they're strong competitors, but they always get slowed down by Gable's knee, which yeah. is a consistent story point, but it's not irritating like this. Yeah, I'm, I have some, some points I want to talk about with uh, with that tag team once we get to SmackDown. Oh, but. Okay. All right, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Let's 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 get one step closer and talk about the main event. Yeah, uh, this was solid. Um, Good match. I was I was pretty excited once 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 uh, Rollins and Owens were both out there in the ring. The bell rang. I was. It's like this is good. R- Owens Rollins, two of the best we got in the business right now. Um, but the of course the match ended smashy. It there was, was so much going on. There was too much going on with this ending. They yeah. Did. Um, Chris Jericho interfered, which makes sense. He, he came out in a Kevin Owens shirt, which almost makes it okay. Uh, distracting Rollins. Um, Rollins had the match won uh, with a pedigree, but uh, Jericho ran in, put Owens' foot on the rope. Jericho ran into the ring, ran across the ring, actually, like from the commentary table side back towards the entrance ramp, uh, causing another distraction and a ref bump. And then Rollins had the match won yet again. 
and then he fought off Jericho. And then Stephanie McMahon sent out a referee just in the nick of time. Yeah, just in the nick so of time. So that Owens could hit a pop-up powerbomb and retain. They're clearly showing Stephanie McMahon does not want Seth Rollins as champion in the storyline. They finally pulled the trigger on that. Yeah, that's... she. she yeah, she, Stephanie, the whole last month she's been bouncing around saying she had no idea what her husband's doing. She's got nothing against Seth. And she... Uh, clearly places that ref in the right moment. Makes sure Kevin Owens gets that one, two, three right when it, right when he needs to. And then uh, the after the show on WWE.com exclusive. Mm-hmm. Gotta love those exclusives. Yeah, no, those, uh, those are actually pretty good. Triple H is in the arena or coming to pick up his wife at the arena. Why isn't Triple H on television if he's backstage after what he did to Seth Rollins and giving the title to Kevin Kevin Owens on Raw? I would like to see Triple H out there. I know I say that every week, but... Well, you see, Jameson, Triple H is so much better than everyone else at wrestling, and he's so cool that he can just send his wife out there to do it, who is not a wrestler. She has wrestled before, but she's not a career wrestler. He can just send her out there and, and kick back with his feet up so that everybody wonders what Triple H is doing so that all the attention goes to him and not the people who are literally killing themselves to put on the show for him. <laughs> wow. It's... Dude... Hot take from Grant. We've... We've spent so much time caring about who the McMahons like and what they're doing. And they did sort of a good thing with it on Raw with Mick Foley uh, and Stephanie, which we are going to talk about, I swear, in just a minute. We're not misleading. We will actually talk about Raw. We're not going to just bait and switch you. But uh, it's just like we've spent so much time hearing about these non-wrestling characters and the way they put themselves over people and the way they interject themselves into storylines. And it makes... The work that's going on not matter as much. Um, It it hurts them, I think. They do. I mean, Triple H does like to interject himself in storylines. But I feel like when he is in a storyline, it almost makes it more entertaining from a a TV show aspect. It doesn't make it a better wrestling show, I I guess. But I, I feel like if Triple H were to come out there and actually say something the the night or the Raw after he handed Owens the title. Or if he's in the building, be a part of the show somehow. I want to see him out there. He's Triple H. I, I don't mind him coming out and doing stuff like that. But it was clearly uh, the authority against Seth Rollins on Sunday night, especially when, when Triple H picks her up and they're all happy. Great show, they say to each other. They're happy that Owen still has the title. So uh, they're, they're a part of the storyline, whether we like it or not. Right, and I don't categorically hate Triple H as a, the like, and it's it's weird talking about Triple H because you're talking about like three different personalities, right. like NXT Triple H, backstage Triple H, performer Triple H, authority figure Triple H. If all these different versions of him, and they're all sort of fighting at once, but um, he can be great. Like he and Ambrose had the feud that should have been the main event of WrestleMania. He was great in making Ambrose look like a million bucks. He yeah. was great against Daniel Bryan. Yeah. My favorite Triple H match, in my opinion. Um, but he, we spend, like, every single feud in the title picture is now what the McMahons are doing. It isn't that they're involved. It's that they're involved in everything. And it makes, I guess it makes sense, but I don't think it helps the show as much as they think it does. Well, I mean. I don't know, man. When you, when you own the show you've created the show and you are the show i mean the mcmahon's they can do whatever they want i i would love vince to be out there more i don't know if i I, i'm the in the minority there but when vince is out there i think everything's better you know vince Vince is part of storylines vince is great because he makes things seem important but he will also take eight stone cold stunners every week (laughs) if he has to yeah triple h what he does is he gets infused with people and he makes them wrestle this 25-minute slow match in front of 90,000 people who are booing them, like he did with Roman Reigns. And it's this forced epic with lots of slow chin locks and spine busters and other things. And it just, like he did with Brock Lesnar, the feud he had a few years ago, it just it made Triple H look more relevant, even though Brock beat him. Right. And it was just the way that it was handled. And the way, the, because Stephanie and Triple H never really get comeuppance, they always show up and they're back at power again. It's just that there's there's no progression for it to me. And while you're right, like you can't like enjoy that every single time there's a title change. It's like they have to put themselves into it, though. It's just it's not enjoyable for me, even though it makes sense. So that's okay. That's how I feel. We're, we'll we'll agree to disagree. We'll, a we'll agree bit to there. disagree. So I'm I'm really happy you brought it up though, because it's yeah. an important part of the show to talk about. 
But um, and we probably won't see Triple H for the next two months anyway, so you'll be all right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'll I'll let you know when we see him again. Don't worry, I'll get I'll get nice and loud. But no, all right. So let's talk about Raw. Yeah, uh, Clash of Champions Part Two. Yeah, uh, it starts with a exactly almost forty minute U.S. title match. Yeah, the, I I was gonna say the same thing. It almost took up the whole first hour of the show, <laughs> which I'm not against. But uh, yeah, we just watched this match. Yes, and we watched the same. I mean. Pretty much the same outcome because Reigns is still the champion, but uh, yeah, ends in a double countout. Mm-hmm. Interesting way to finish that match on Raw. Interesting way after you let Reigns dominate so thoroughly. Yeah, and that you end it in a double countout because they just start walking around the arena. It, it's such a weird way to handle a pay per view match, regardless of the actual match itself, because it was basically the same thing. Um, you know, those guys are of course out there working hard. But it's such a weird decision that you have almost the exact same match with a s- different ending, but still victorious Roman Reigns. It's just like, what what was the thinking behind that? I wonder. Yeah, I'm not. I'm I'm really not exactly sure. We it was pretty much the same match. Uh, we so we we got like an hour and a half of Reigns and Rollins or uh, <laughs> Reigns and Rusev uh, in in two days, but. Um, yeah, I would. I would rather have the title on Rusev, and I'm guessing they're gonna battle at uh, Hell in the Cell. That's the that's the next pay per view, right? Hell yeah, that's the next uh, Raw pay per view after No Mercy. Yeah, so I'm sure we'll see that match again, and uh, I'm sure Roman Reigns will go over again. So, man, they okay. We've been saying this forever. Everyone has been saying this forever. They need to turn Roman Reigns heel. Um, they had such an opportunity to do it. Remember when? He knocked Rusev down. Rusev hit him with a chair, but Reigns doesn't have to sell. So then he knocks Rusev down, and he's standing there with a the chair, and the crowd is chanting, yes. Yeah, or because, one more time. Or, yeah, 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 and they're, like, screaming for it. And it wasn't just that they wanted another chair shot. To me, it was they want him to turn heel because they want to be able to boo him. Like right. they Like they always, you know, like, like they want to. They want a reason to do it. And then once he turns heel... They're gonna like him. The whole crowd's gonna cheer. Yeah, be, so be, they're gonna be happy because it seems to suit him more. Right, it but. does. Yeah, he 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 does play uh, a heel persona. I mean, what he wears, the way he acts, the way he walks to the ring, it just it just fits more for heel. But they're never gonna do it. I don't think I don't think we'll ever see it. Just like we won't ever see John Cena turn heel. We're probably never gonna see Roman Reigns turn heel. May, maybe I think that it might be like The Rock because back when The Rock started wrestling, he was Rocky. Yeah. He was Rocky Maivia, and everybody hated him. Yeah. And then they turned him into The Rock, and he instantly became everybody's favorite. So we'll be laughing at this maybe in a few years when Roman Reigns is the greatest ever heel, <laughs> and everyone else is just trying to catch up. Right. But We'll see. I'll, I'll give you a lot of kudos if that happens. Yeah. So a long way down the road. Now, that is a long, long way down yeah. the road. He'll have to not sell out a few more house shows right. first to make that happen. <laughs> so <laughs> anyway, um, then we have a McFoley segment. Uh, bringing out Sheamus and Cesaro to uh, settle their best of seven series dispute. Uh, they all get into a long argument over it, and he informs them that they will be given one title shot that they need to split as tag team partners. Yeah, um, I didn't, didn't, didn't agree with this one either. <laughs> I didn't agree, but if I were to take any two dudes that who weren't doing anything of consequence and put them as a tag team, it would be those two. Because they are the two, two of the most hardest hitting, strongest people, and they're really great wrestlers in different yep. ways. So I'm all for it if they're not going to put either of them in any t- other title picture. I agree. I, I agree with you there, and I didn't want to see them wrestle again. I, w- I thought for sure they were going to come out there and say we're going to have an eighth match on Raw. <laughs> it's it's, sure. it's going to be at Hell in a Cell. Yeah, <laughs> and and then they put them in a tag team. I, I guess I, there's I, I don't know where else that what they're else they're going to do with them if. They all, I mean, the biggest problem was the, the no contest. They could have just put these guys in other feuds with other people and just try to build their character a little bit, but they can't. They, they keep them together with the draw. Now they're in tag teams, so, I mean, Sheamus and Sarah are going to be on screen together maybe forever. Maybe we'll, they'll just be on WWE programming together for the, for the rest of their careers. But have you noticed... Don't sound so excited. Yeah. Have you noticed that uh, in, in this segment... In other talking segments, uh, the one with um, Big Cass, Enzo, Chris Jericho, and Kevin Owens, and the Cesaro, McFoley, Sheamus segment, they're letting people like uh, they don't act like they're scripted. They're they're kind of just talking bullet point off the cuff. 
they're not they're not have they haven't been talking in scripts lately have you noticed that it sounds a bit more natural i was about to say because i give mick foley a little more flack than i should um not because i don't like it i don't like mick foley because i love mick foley but he was great on this show and he like because like those scripts are hard to read and they're hard to sound natural everybody sounded a bit more natural on this show Especially Mick and these guys and their yeah. promos. I didn't like. I, I know you like Cesaro, but I I didn't like. He he interrupted Sheamus like eight times. Like Sheamus was trying to say something, and Cesaro will just interrupt, yeah. which is probably is which is also uh, showing that that's not part of the script. They don't just have people interrupt people all the time. But I do like that they're not going off the script. I think it's better television, and like the way Enzo and Cass and Chris Jericho did it uh, in that final segment was pretty funny. Um, I think it makes for a better show, more entertaining. You, you're less of, uh, you like, you never know what's going to happen when people are just kind of speaking off the top of their head. Right, and I thought everybody sounded a bit more natural. Yeah. Um, so, kudos. I don't know if they've started doing that. Uh, but since recently, like in the last month or so, or since the, the brand extension, they've seemed uh, less scripty. I'll keep a better ear out for that because I think a lot of people, Roman Reigns included, uh, if you've ever heard his interviews, he has a personality. Yeah. Uh, but it gets stifled. It gets choked out by these uh, scripts that they give them, and there's no flexibility. So I think it's a really important step if that's what they're doing. Um, If not, the script writing suddenly got about 400% better. So (laughs) either way, I'm really happy about that. Um, Yeah, so I'm – no, definitely. I'll keep an ear out for that next time especially too. So I love how Cesaro is – 40% 40% kinesio tape now. Did you notice yeah, that? Yeah, just dude, does he's that got, stuff even help, you think? It's it, it lets the audience know he's hurt, I okay, guess. Yeah. But man, he's like Frankenstein. So, yeah, his, he's gonna be just like a mummy out there. Yeah, he's gonna be mummified yeah. in that tape, which will hopefully make him invincible. But <laughs> anyway, I digress. Um we have another rematch from last night. Uh tag team, it was New Day uh versus Anderson and Gallows, and I much preferred this to their pay per view match. There yeah, was that sense of urgency, and Biggie got a magic killer, and Kofi Kingston got nine stitches. I thought Anderson and Gallows were gonna suddenly look like strong, important dudes on this show, and they were gonna take the tag team titles off of them when they least expected it. How cool would that have been? It would have been good. It would have been the perfect time to do it. I mean, Kofi's just a bloody mess. Uh, yeah, like you said, Biggie took a magic killer, and they still win. But did you, do you happen to notice where? Like Kofi got cut up. Is is it right when he hit the steps? Yeah, it was the steps. Okay. It, yeah, it was. He went like head first. Immediately after he hits the steps, there's blood trail all over the mat or all over the uh, on the floor there. And uh, man, that was that was bad. There was a lot of color there. That was that was gruesome. Yeah. But it immediately perked me up. It made me more interested in what was going on. And I'm not saying they should bring back anything, that always ha- yeah, yeah, anything like that, but whenever somebody bleeds... It's like, whoa, this is like, real. Whoa, yeah. yeah. Like, it, it, like the, it was the reason why one of my favorite John Cena matches ever was when Seth Rollins broke his nose. Because really? John Cena looked realistically desperate, like he wasn't acting, and he looked like he was trying to kill Rollins. And there was that sense of urgency that wasn't there before. Yeah, that was bad. That was another one of those Seth the Rollins... Yeah. Uh, injuring people oh no and we need to talk about that too yeah. but uh yeah that was the john cena's busted up nose was exploding nose was pretty insane yeah but the fact that we don't see uh color a lot of color intentionally or unintentionally even anymore really just ups the ante yeah, so if they ever want to make a match seem really important just have a guy get cut open and suddenly your eyes are glued to the screen because of this just this pg expectation that they have right. now so kinda, but kind of like how uh Randy Orton and Brock Lesnar kind of like everybody oh, was like, "My what, goodness, what, what is going on here?" <laughs> that was that was that taken to eleven. That was a little excessive, but um, yeah, no. All in all honesty, though, um, I hope hope Kofi's okay because that looked rough, and uh, I hope he doesn't get his head busted open again in the future because I don't advocate performers actually hurting themselves, but you know it does make for interesting television occasionally. So. Um, all right, now that I've covered my bases on that quote, um, Michael Cole announces Seth Rollins is not clear to compete due to a rib injury uh, from a gut buster off the turnbuckle. Which looked like it hurt. Yeah. like It looked like it actually did hurt him. Is there a way to do that move safely? No, it doesn't look like it. No. I wouldn't want my ribs taking those shots. No. And, and I trust Owens as a worker, too, because he's great. 
And before this, I don't remember him ever hurting anybody. Um, but I, this is a shame because Seth Rollins was just gone forever. Yeah, he was gone for how many months? Well, I don't know how. I don't. I, I don't know how long he's going to be uh, not able to compete. I'm, I'm hoping it's he'll be ready to go by the next pay per view. Hopefully, I hope we get an actual prognosis yeah. because it was just said rib damage to his ribs. Yeah, they didn't give us really any information other than that on Monday. Yeah, so I, I just hope he's okay. Um, I hope people stop getting hurt. Like, they need to stop taking so many risks and just start doing better storytelling a little bit, you yeah. know? Because, uh, you know, as good as the, as great as these guys are, uh, it's just a lot to ask, you know? So I, anyway, I hope he's feeling better. Um, you know, I hope he gets well soon. So I'd love I, uh, to see him back. But um, are we going to wait to talk about that last segment with Seth Rollins? Because I, I have some. Uh, I want to get some stuff off my chest with about Seth Rollins and that last segment. Dude, you go for it. I've okay. been I've been doing that all show. Okay. So. The, well, I'll just skip ahead to this last segment. Why wouldn't they let they, Kevin Owens is on the highlight reel, and you know they've showed Seth Rollins is in the building earlier in the night. You know he's going to eventually come out there. Um, after what happened on Sunday where Stephanie McMahon pretty much, you know, helps Kevin Owens win the title, they don't let Seth Rollins say anything. He's going to come out to the ring. I don't need him to hit anybody or compete. I know he's hurt. I don't need him to, to, to beat the hell out of these guys in the ring. But you can't let him say anything? Why can't he talk? The security guards come out, push him back up the ramp, and he doesn't get to say anything. Why Give the man the mic. He's awesome on the mic. Yeah, um... I was I was all for Rollins interjecting and saying something because he's best when he has a real subject to promo on. Yeah, he, he had to be upset. I mean yeah. he Stephanie and and Triple H, I guess, screwed him over again and they don't even let him say anything on the mic. I guess maybe it gives more hype for next week when he gets to talk. I guess we get a, we just get that that uh period of where we don't hear him speak, so it'll mean more next week. If that's the case, I guess maybe that will work, but I was really looking forward to hear what Seth Rollins had to say. Yeah, and uh, I was too, but Owens burying him by saying Rollins ended Sting's career. Yeah. Rollins hurt Balor, and now I hurt Rollins, so I'm better. You get out of here because you're a loser. Him condescending to Seth Rollins was the greatest thing because it had actual context. It did. That was a a statement there. Such a heel move. And as much as I love Kevin Owens, it's like, he made himself hateable there, but also in a legitimate way because it does make him look dangerous. Right. So, but you know, in two totally different ways, depending on which version of events you want to interpret this as. So I, you know, what I'll take, I'll take that. Yeah, if, and I'm, if, yeah, I'm sure we we will get to hear him speak next week, and maybe it will just mean that much more. So, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, I was I was disappointed that Seth Rollins didn't get to really interject at all. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure we'll hear more from him yeah. next week. They need to turn him babyface. Yeah, he's well. They're they're pushing that pretty hard. I feel like they, he, they, each week he gets closer and closer of pretty big babyface. They are, but they need to. He needs to explain as much as like. Could you imagine when he was champion? Seth Rollins spent 30 minutes explaining everything at the start of every show. Yeah, and now I just want to hear him explain how he's feeling about those other characters. Yeah, there so. was. I mean, there was like a. There was like. <laughs> 25 shows in a row where Stephanie, Triple H, and Seth Rollins started the show uh, there a while back. But, but hey, you know what? Um, I hope he gets into storylines as soon as possible. Um, I hope the rib damage wasn't serious. I don't think it was nearly the severity of something like what happened to no, Finn. I don't think uh, so. Fortunately. But, uh, yeah. So, anyway, we have a Bailey squash. I don't really yeah. have anything to say too no. much about that. That was quick. Let's really just give her some momentum back. Uh, we had a really, really fun tag team match. This is my favorite match of the night probably. Um, Cedric Alexander and Rich, and, uh, Rich Swan going over two other cruiserweights, uh, Lynn Storato and Drew Gulak. Um, this was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, Rich Swan and Cedric Alexander are both wonderful. They, they are so awesome, especially Cedric Alexander because he lost 20 pounds and he now just throws himself with so much momentum at everything. It's so great. But. Yeah, all these guys are really fun to watch. They just uh, incredible move sets, and uh, I guess I wasn't I, I wasn't realizing they're gonna just bring a bunch of these guys over. I, I mean, last week I, I mean it was just four, and then T.J. Perkins makes five, but they they're just keep bringing guys up. Are they? I mean, they just bringing all these guys up, or I mean, I I was I wasn't expecting this many. No, I mean, I hope they expand it more. I hope Neville gets in there. Well, I mean, they're gonna have to expand it more if 
these guys can only fight each other. I mean, like, they've they've produced the the cruiserweight segment as like it's you know its own little thing. Yeah, they like changed they had the, the purple ring ro- ropes. They changed the ring ropes. Wonderful. Uh, they the changed the lighting setting. Uh, they have their own belt. So I, I don't see any of these guys like feuding with anybody else on the main roster anytime soon. No, and I, and I honestly think they should keep it that way. Yeah, I mean, especially um, if they bring now. bring enough guys up that can be a part of the division, I'm sure. Yeah, I love that they're taking the time to, like you said, the lighting and the ropes and the ring decoration. I like that they're taking the time to make these guys something different and special because they are. They need to get the crowd to care about it because I wanted to get physical with his crowd during the one-on-one match of cruiserweights and they're yeah. chanting for like randy savage yeah that was and cool. things i was like these guys are throwing ranas like most people throw punches yeah that was another fun match with like, perkins and tony nice and what the what's the uh you have to be 205 pounds or less to be yeah, a cruiserweight i believe that's how the is weight. how is tony nice under 205 pounds that guy is huge dude he moves like he's half that weight yeah but he does he was i liked him here a lot yeah, he was better good. than I've seen him before. He was great. I think Perkins is good, but I think uh, Kendrick and um, I, I, I think the Cedric, Cedric Alexander is uh, much better, and as is um, as those guys. So, but anyway, I like T.J. Perkins um, getting a strong win instead of just losing until he has to defend the belt again. So, yeah. So anyway. Um, we're going totally out of order yeah, here. I'm we're, sorry. We're we're, we're just skipping around, just taking bits and pieces out of everything. So uh, we have another like three Sheamus and Cesaro promos that were actually okay uh, because Mick Foley is a good actor when you just let him cut loose. Yeah. Um, and then they defeat two jobbers. Um, I think either one of these guys could have beaten both of them single handedly. Yeah. Um, that's a fair assessment. Yes, but I I hope these guys show up and the new day makes fun of them. And they crush the New Day in like eight minutes, just destroy them, and then make the New Day actually put in effort to get the tag titles back. See, that would be interesting. Wouldn't that be a good that, story? I like that. Yeah. That's good booking there. These that, two guys who were going nowhere. That would actually make that would make everybody, at least me, care about well, just Samus and Cesaro. I mean, if they were to beat, if they were the team to beat New Day, maybe that's where they're going. I like that idea. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, like I hope so. And you can do it, and you can keep New Day faces if you want too. You can have these like smug, hard-hitting, tough guys show up because Cesaro is a good heel. He hasn't been heel in a while, but he's great because he is a strong enough base and he's so good at wrestling that he can support anything you want to do. Sheamus as well. Yeah, uh, Sheamus really as well. Heel. Yeah, really good. But he's also really good when he gets fired up, when he's yep. in a tag team environment. It brings out all his best qualities. So if you have these two guys as heels and just destroy the New Day and make the New Day rethink their entire strategy, or you could have the New Day turn sort of heel and give fans a reason to boom again and make these guys these heroic faces who came back from having a best of seven series to win the titles. So right. you could do either. I hope you do one or something. So I like it. I, that's uh, my fantasy booking for the week. Yeah, so. I, I hope that happens. Maybe they're, maybe Vince is listening and that's the direction he goes. <laughs> if Vin, Vince probably would have turned this off a while ago. If you heard me talk about Turbo H, so <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> but, true. Uh, that's true. Anyway, um, so we have Sasha Banks confronting Charlotte and Dana Brooke in the ring. Um, yeah. In the segment after that, again, I'm sorry, we're out of order here. We already, but anyway, um, and then uh, Charlotte said, "Okay, you can get a title match, but not until next week." So Sasha Banks slapped her and then put Dana in the bank statement and to build to the match next week, which you and I are both hoping will be an upset. Yeah, I think it's I think it's perfect for an upset. She won her last title. Uh, Sasha Banks won the title on Raw before. Is she going to go back-to-back winning the titles on Raw? I That would be that's, awesome. That's the only thing that worries me a little bit. I would love to see her win it. Um, but uh, it'd be a little interesting that the only time she wins the titles on Raw. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. Yeah, no, I, I think it would be perfect from, again, let me do a little bit of fantasy booking here. I don't want to digress too much. But Sasha is great, but she's a natural heel. Even as someone who watches, who's never watched NXT before, I, you can see it a little bit, right? Yeah. She's sort of she can yeah. play a heel even though she's over. Her character is is more heel than it is babyface, mm-hmm. but she's over with the crowd. Everything she does is is heelish. Yeah, and but she has that quality that just makes her a great heel. So what I th- what I'm thinking they're gonna do is have uh, Sasha and Charlotte fight over it for a while, and then do Sasha and Bailey. NXT's arguably greatest rivalry ever, in my opinion, anyway. Um, they'll do that at WrestleMania, which would be awesome. 
but uh we'll have to stay tuned for that but uh you know another sasha banks and charlotte match i'm not going to complain about no that. I'll, so I'll, that's i'm fine with those two wrestling as long as they want to yeah so that'll be fun so the last match was a lot of fun honestly I was pretty burned out of the show at this point. Yeah. I was starting to lose focus. I was starting to, uh, I was doing my dishes. I was doing my laundry. Got to get that stuff done. I was, I was doing my, I was running some errands. So I came back, and this was fun. Owens uh, throwing Chris Jericho's scarf over his shoulder at the beginning of the match was great. Uh, I love their dynamic. Um, and Owens pinned Enzo, as it should have been, with just a regular yep. power bomb. No hokey, make him run into the ropes again. And make him hit the ropes before you do it. He just a violent power straight bomb. up power bombed him. Because Enzo's about half his weight. Yeah. So, and it made all the sense in the world, and Enzo and Cass can get beat and not lose their credibility because right. they're better characters than they are a tag team at this point. That Those are my yep. thoughts. Can't argue so. with that. Can't argue with that. Yeah. Should I, we go to SmackDown? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Well, let's do it, man. <laughs> I, I told you a little bit before this podcast how excited I am to talk about SmackDown this week because those two shows, that six and a half hours of wrestling, I was almost brain dead just from watching these guys work, get women and men work hard and then sort of get undermined by the programming. And now we have this program that is making a lot of people look very, very good through the yeah. format. Now, SmackDown started with the worst part. and You weren't a fan of this? No. It Wait. was like 45 minutes of the show yeah, on and off. It went on for so long. It didn't really end up going anywhere. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, Randy Orton with uh, Bray Wyatt. I like the first segment. I didn't mind that. I wish Bray Wyatt would come to the ring more. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've, we've seen a lot of of Bray on the Titantron saying just things that really nobody understands. It's good promos, but uh, I would like to see Bray come out there a little bit. Yeah. You know my theory on that, why he doesn't come out there? Why? So the crowd doesn't say what in the middle of his talking. Okay. I am so, okay. I am so sick to death of the what chant. Really? I want it to die because That'll people will die. say it during, I love Stone Cold, but man, you created a monster. Like, yeah. I, 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 I hate to break it to you, Grant, but I think we're going to have that forever. No, see, the problem is it doesn't come up at the right opportunities. It comes up when someone's trying to cut a serious promo, when something is going on that is actually requires your attention, and the crowd does it not because necessarily because they're bored, just because they think that's what they're supposed to do. Because the and the WWE scripting pattern is so uh, repetitive, and everyone is so used to it that you just chant what, and you ruin things with it. So I think that's why they're keeping Bray Wyatt backstage, so people can't pick up on what he's saying, so they can just talk naturally, and they won't be able to do it. That's my theory. There's no worse chant for Bray Wyatt than Husky Harris. So as long as they're not chanting Husky Harris while Bray Wyatt's out there, then I haven't heard a Husky fine. Harris chant in a while. No, they don't do it much. Yeah, no, but they, I've every heard it once in a while, which is is unfortunate mm-hmm. that he was Husky Harris before he was Bray Wyatt, but it's a we'll forget about army that. tank with a Ferrari engine <laughs> yeah. back, back during the Nexus days, man. Yeah, that was, that was Nexus days. Wow. It's been here for a while, Yeah, but anyway, um, this went on for six hours of our two hour show. Um, the first segment wasn't bad, but they got progressively hokier. Yeah. Randy Orton is the world's least emotive man when he speaks or discovers rooms with like technical equipment in them and then Eric Rowan, Rowan stalking him. It's the lamest possible version of this you can do. Yeah, and it, I mean, and we'd never, they, they never even met each other. I mean, Wyatt and Orton never found each other, did they? Except at the end when Randy Orton showed up. Oh, behind him. Yeah, yeah, okay. but... It, See, yeah, it wasn't. Just, it wasn't I, like a real payoff, though, Jameson. I kind of zoned out. For, right. For yeah. The, that. Yeah. After the fifth one. Yeah. I, I'm not even kidding. I think it was five or six different little two-minute segments. Yeah. This I was, don't. They. I mean, these guys have been feuding for seven, six weeks now, so they just, they got to do weird stuff like this. But. Yeah. They need. They're trying to get Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt into the ring. Just <laughs> hype the, hype it up by saying Randy Orton needs to win this match because he looks like the most fragile person in the world after SummerSlam, and Bray Wyatt needs to win because he can't take any more losses because all he does is lose. Right. So that's it. And then I liked the bit where it was implied that Bray Wyatt was threatening his children. That Remember the yeah. Roman Reigns feud? He did that for like a yeah. week or two, and then they immediately backed off of it and stopped doing it when it was so dark and compelling, and it was the only thing that was good. And then they just had him fight each other a bunch. But... That honestly, if you want to take the creep factor up, you got to commit to it. Yeah, so, Bray Wyatt's a character you can actually do that with. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, I like I like that as well. But that was about the only redeeming thing. Yeah. Is it weird that I'm saying the only redeeming thing about that was children being maybe threatened? <laughs> yes, that is very weird. All right. Uh, I think we should move on from Smack Horton. Smackdown. Yeah, no all right. No more Bray Horton no, talk. No, coming up next, uh, we have a fun uh, eight-man tag. It was the Ascension and the Usos defeating American Alpha and Heath Slater and Rhino. Um, really a lot of fun. This match was great because it got everybody involved, and it also continued the story uh, when Jimmy Uso tapped out Heath Slater. Uh, by going after his knee. And honestly, Heath Slater is a dude who can get pinned as one half of the tag team champions, and it doesn't decrease their credibility at all. Not at all. So this, I'm not even mad that one of the champions got pinned. Usually I throw a fit when that happens. But, and, yeah. yeah. I, again, I've, I've said in this show before, not a, not a fan of the big tag team matches. I just too much going on. I love I love what the Usos are doing, though. They just they keep bringing it every week. Um, and uh, Chad Gable gets hurt again. So he can't get through a match kind without of. kind of. I mean, he's still there. Was that one uh, Uso got him in the, the bad leg and he was holding it? If he can't get through a match without without some sort of injury, I feel like. Yeah, and I've said this before too. Uh, but you, there, that's the issue with selling that this environment that WWE's created, like these expectations, where if you don't sell at all, like Roman Reigns or Cena sometimes does, um, then. Everyone gets upset because you're not being quote unquote realistic. Right. But if you sell too much, then you look weak now is the way it's so it's really hard to do it. But I appreciated that they remembered that angle that they did it. But it wasn't the main story of the match. It just no. showed that, OK, these people watch the show that they're writing. So but if you were Jason Jordan, wouldn't you be like, man, I, my tag team partner here is is struggling to get yeah. through matches. What, what, what am I going to do, man? Like. I honestly, they have to keep American Alpha out of the title picture right now for these two tag teams because they're interesting. But if American Alpha was at 100%, they could go into that match against all four of them and win. Right. Like they were on the side with all four people. Like it would be ridiculous how one sided it would be. But yeah. Also, side note why doesn't Jason Jordan get his name on any merch? Redding, Redding, Willing, Gable. Ready, I was, willing, Gable. I, I would. That's what it says on the towel. If I'm yeah. Jason Jordan, I'm like, I want my name on here somewhere. I feel like that's a little uh, one-sided there. You know what? Yeah, but <laughs> they're so they're so great and full of energy that I don't think it hurts them a whole lot. No, um, it it doesn't hurt them. But uh, hey, ho- hopefully Jordan's still getting the half of that money from that merch because uh, he should have his name on there somewhere. Yeah, I'm sure he's doing all right. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure they, hope so. they'll keep him going. They'll uh, string them along with that. But uh, anyway, uh, coming up next, we have the actual version of the match that we almost got last week, but it got thrown out for a reason that I'm not even going to get into because it was dumb. Uh, but this one was Carmella and Natalia over Nikki Bella and Naomi, and Carmella pinned Nikki Bella for the eighth time. And I joke about that, but honestly, this was also fine because we're building towards another match. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't just a segment that was just out there floating. I like this feud. I love I love the Carmella Nikki Bella feud. Yeah. Still not into Naomi's entrance. I'm sorry, it's too much. <laughs> again, too, again with her entrance. Yeah, too much for me. But uh, she's a great wrestler. Yeah. But yeah. So not a fan of the entrance. Yeah. We're again, as you said, we're gonna agree to disagree yeah, on that one. Because all right, so now the best part of any WWE programming so far. I haven't watched NXT yet tonight, but the best part of any programming so far was this promo coming up. I loved it so much. Got I loved the, the video package. Got the parents involved. Yeah, both both the Miz's parents and Dolph Ziggler's parents. Um, In the, the crowd. Yeah, everybody they, loved it. You think they were just there or they asked them to be there? I'm sure that they were... Asked to be there. I don't know, man. I don't I don't know their parents, <laughs> but... You don't? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. Yeah, shockingly enough. Yeah. But I haven't watched nearly enough MTV to be familiar with yeah. the Miz's family. So, anyway... Um, they do this awesome sequence where The Miz comes out. He has about six different movie posters of himself. He has his wife there. Uh, everyone's cheering for him. His parents in the crowd. And he tells Ziggler's parents that they've raised an elite, world-class loser, <laughs> which is great. Yeah, to their uh, face. To yeah. their face, which is excellent. And then Ziggler came out, and he took exception to that. And uh, he, he challenged Miz to a title versus career match. Title versus career. We haven't had a career match in a while. No, not. And this was such a logical step because Ziggler does nothing but lose. And they finally brought it up. And they did it in such an effective way that I had to double check to make sure this was still a WWE product. After watching six hours of stories go nowhere. Yeah. And just 
or go places we don't want him to go or just set up for other things. This was such an intriguing character step for both of them. So, Jameson, I, I love it more than most members of my family, but tell me what you think of it. I, I, I love it as well. I, I, I can't wait for the match at No Mercy. I think these two have put on some great matches in the last month that we've both really enjoyed, and this is probably going to be even better. I can't see Ziggler leaving the company, though, so uh, I would assume he's going to get the belt. But uh, he said it's his life. This is all he does. This is all he lives for. I'm sure there's other avenues for Ziggler outside of wrestling, but um, I don't see him leaving the company. No, but the great thing about this is two things. One, how great is it that we're so excited for another Miz and Dolph Ziggler match? That is pretty crazy. If you would have told us that a while back, we would have. Like, no. No way. No, bro. That's the most Monday Night Raw thing ever. <laughs> yeah. But uh, now um, it's it's turned into this situation where there's enough real-life context behind it. Yeah, because, they, get, they got personal. Yeah, and The Miz, he's like, yeah, I might cheat, but I'm a winner. Yeah. And I'm a winner with a gorgeous wife and a title belt and a crowd that loves me even though I hate them. Yeah. And you got nothing, which is sort of true. It is true. It, yeah, they were all speaking facts. They got the parents involved, which is just another great addition to the feud. Um, yeah, they're Miz and Ziggler are doing some of the best stuff on television right now. Oh, yeah. And Ziggler promos are usually just him talking about how hard he works. But in this one, it was the most important promo ever yeah, in, he, in character, and he nailed it. Yeah, he, he was did great. pretty uh, fired up about that. Mm-hmm. He, was, uh, he was all for that promo. Mm-hmm. And the Miz is such a piece of crap that he is so excited to be able to take his career away, even though he already took the belt. Right. And either way you go with this, The Miz looks great. And if there was ever a time he's going to get back in the world title picture, it's now. And but and Ziggler's comeback story could be great. But if you go the other way, and no one knows, no one knows what's going to happen. So I'm excited not to be able to predict what where the wrestling is going to lead. So. Yeah. Be, it'll be uh, good stuff. Mm-hmm. Fun to watch. Totally, totally. On to the main event. Actually, we have uh, Bailey Lynch getting beaten up. Uh, oh, Becky yeah. Lynch getting beaten up. Yeah, yeah. Alexa Bliss hit her while she was walking down the ramp. Oh. On to the yeah, main event. That feud. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say that feud's still going on, but uh, you know, you know, I'm really excited for their match. Honestly. Um, yeah, it'll be a good match. I don't know why I'm just not as cynical about SmackDown. Just. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, we are more we are more uh, optimistic when it comes to SmackDown. Maybe I think a lot of it's due. It's only two hours, so yeah, it takes less time to watch. But we did, like, two weeks ago, we were talking about Backlash, and we both had a lot of good things to say about it. And yeah. I really enjoyed the show. And But we watched four-plus hours of SmackDown that week, or, or five, basically. Yeah. And we were both still happy with it because it is just so tight and crisp, and yep. it does what you want a wrestling show to do. It just gets so much stuff right because, well, my theory is SmackDown actually has to try because Monday Night Raw can suck forever and it will still be on. But SmackDown... And people will still watch it. Yeah, yeah, and people will still watch it. Like, you and me will still watch it even even if, you know, it's going to be Roman Reigns and Sheamus in the title picture. We're still going to watch it. Right. But SmackDown actually has to try because their TV slot is less... I don't even know if that's true, but that's the perception. Their TV... And there's people out there right now that are... Only watching Raw. There's we Sean, our guest, and we had a few weeks ago. He said he doesn't even watch SmackDown just because it's SmackDown. He just watches Raw, which I mean, what we used to do really. I mean, I didn't watch yeah, a lot yeah. of SmackDown when it wasn't live, but uh, now it's it's definitely the better show mm-hmm. right now. And props to them for pulling that out of their hat too, because yeah. Raw has everything. Not everything because SmackDown has a ton of talent too, but they have the cruiserweight division now. They have the Universal Belt, the United States Belt, the New Day. Uh, Reigns, Rollins, Zayn, Owens, Jericho, and SmackDown is just crushing them right now. Yeah. So, and not even not everything on the show was great, but just the general gist of the show was positive. But anyway, on to the main event. On to the main event. There we go. Such a track. I'm sorry, <laughs> but main event. Uh, Styles rolled up Ambrose, um, and Cena was on commentary. Um, I really enjoyed this. Yeah. It was, what did you think? It was good. Uh, AJ Styles and Dean Ambrose just had a good, good, clean match. It was, uh, it was fun to watch. Those guys can both uh, definitely wrestle, and they both got uh, punches to the face to Cena at, at commentary. <laughs> so they both got that in, and uh, AJ Styles does win. But of course, the show ends. The segment ends with John Cena holding that belt for that possible sixteenth time. Yeah. 
I, that what we're going to see. I loved this. First of all, Dean Ambrose wrestled a better match than I've seen him do for a long time. I liked this even better than Backlash because Ambrose brought in a lot of offense. Like he, he had some stiff elbows. He had that clothesline after he crotched Styles on the top rope. He had all this great offense that we haven't seen in a while. And he's growing the beard too. He's looking yeah. very heelish. But all the run-ins that they did at the end, it wasn't just Cena deciding to get involved. Styles punched him, and as a result of that, Ambrose wasn't able to pin him. So Ambrose goes out and takes a swing at him because he didn't see Styles go after him. And now and Cena gets in the ring, and then it, it all just makes sense. Yeah, it me. did. It so. really did. Unfortunately, it was like the, the eighth hour of wrestling in a short amount of time, <laughs> so I was just kind of numb to everything at that point. But, uh, yeah, it was a, it was a good... Good finish to the show, for sure. Mm-hmm. And Cena's good on commentary, too. Yeah. Uh, Cena's good at about everything. Yeah, you no. got to give him credit for that. He's so, like, he just comes off like he's a great guy, but he just thinks he's better than both of these two. He came off as arrogant but mannered, Yeah, I would say. Which is, uh, yeah, I mean, what, what he should be doing. Right, yeah, yeah, which makes sense at this point in his career. So, uh, way to, to, for SmackDown, especially the last hour of SmackDown, to do almost everything right. So, great show, but... um. Yeah, so that was this week's 18 hours of wrestling. Yeah, yeah, wow, we got through it. Yeah, we got through it. I I hesitate to no, I'm not even. I I am looking forward to No Mercy. Yeah, No Mercy will be fun. It'll be good. It won't be three hours long, I don't think. And if it is, I'll be fine with that. Okay, yeah, but. we'll see. But uh, <laughs> yeah, we got a, we got a week with no pay per view, so that's all right. Um, it's it's funny how us as wrestling fans is now kind of. A little bit uh, exhausted with as much wrestling content as we have to watch, you know. Yeah, it, it's it's really strange, and and I don't want to sound like I don't like it because I do. No, you know, of course like I love it. wrestling, but it's just a lot to follow along with. Especially, I mean, if you have other things you enjoy, like you know, I I love sports. I love watching football, and I mean, you got a you got a lot of lot of time to watch wrestling if you were going to. Uh, you're going to be up to date on it that's for sure yeah right like if you were like you were probably watching the football game monday night too yeah yeah i yeah. other i was doing a chip chat radio show cheap plug. yeah yeah you have that uh, too. <laughs> uh but yeah it's tough it's tough to watch wrestling live for sure um but yeah if you're a sports fan or you just have a, a life it's it's hard to keep up <laughs> on all this stuff yeah but hey Almost half of it is very, very good. It is. So, almost uh, half of it. It's almost right. half of it. So that is your official Ringmaster's uh, recommendation. Watch yeah. SmackDown and parts of uh, Raw and Clash of Champions, <laughs> I guess, except yeah. for the ending of every match. Right. But So uh, do you have any match recommendations for the Ringmaster's Classic this week, Jameson? Yeah, I got a quick recommendation. One of my favorite matches, I don't. it, it doesn't get a whole lot of love, but uh, 2012 Extreme Rules... John Cena versus Brock Lesnar. Mm. This is another match where John Cena uh, gets busted open. This is just a violent, another violent Brock Lesnar match. He's just straight elbows to Cena's head, cuts him open, just like he did to uh, Randy Orton. Not to the extent of what he did to Randy Orton, but uh, there's a lot of weapons involved, uh, power bombs to the to the steel steps. I would just go watch it. It's a fun match. I remember watching it uh, live back in 2012, and I was just couldn't believe what I was watching. There was just match had everything. Um, so that's my recommendation. Just if you want to watch a, a good hardcore match for 30 minutes, go watch that. Mm-hmm. Extreme Rules, Brock Lesnar, John Cena, 2012. Mm-hmm. So that's Definitely. my recommendation. That was that was a good one. Yeah, that was a good one. Uh, yeah, no, my favorite Lesnar Cena match was of course SummerSlam 2014. Um, Cena got crushed, but Extreme Rules 2012 was such a good, such an eye-opening match because yeah. we hadn't seen anything that extreme, pun intended, I guess, <laughs> in forever. Like, we no, had never yeah. seen, and it was, it looked like Brock was hurting him, and they were doing everything they could to make it look dangerous, and then there was that spot where Brock flew over the rope and just almost killed himself. Yeah, but, yeah, that's right, and these matches, the matches that make you think, like, is this supposed to be happening right now? Like, is this... Is he supposed to just be straight elbowing Cena in the head? or Those are the matches that us as wrestling fans love because it, it, it almost suspends your belief a little bit. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely, definitely. So, no, that was a good one. So check that out uh, if you're on the network or it is on YouTube Vimeo. Uh, I'm not going to recommend LimeWire this week. <laughs> no, no more LimeWire. <laughs> no, Hopefully not, no one tried that. No, not since, like, 2006. Yeah. Not even then it was it a good idea. No. But, or FrostWire or whatever it was called, just... Our parents' Killing computers you. will never be the same. <laughs> yeah, right, right. No, I'll never get my computer privileges back, ever. 
So, uh, no, that was a good one. So my recommendation uh, is coming at you from NXT. Okay. Um, it is a Cesaro and Sami Zayn match. Uh, these two have had a lot of really good matches, um, and they tell such a great story. And I would have to say Sami Zayn versus Cesaro, two out of three falls on NXT television. Really? Uh, two of your favorite guys. Yeah, no, and... They told such a good story of Sami Zayn wanting to earn this guy's respect, despite Cesaro being such an incredible performer. Uh, and then even, I don't, I'd say that whole series, honestly, when um, uh, Sami gets an upset on him after uh, Cesaro beat him, and then they did two more matches after that, and it was so great. Uh, like, Sami Zayn can do his tope con hilo over the top rope. Cesaro catches him and tilt the world slams him onto the ramp. And then he catches him with an uppercut out of the corner turnbuckle DDT. And they like they have each other planned. They fig- they figure one another out so much. And the end of the match is all about respect, and it's heartwarming. So <laughs> Grant's I would, all for heartwarming. Yes, I am all for heartwarming. That sounds like an entertaining feud, though. Yes. Sure. No, check it out. Uh, it is awesome. It features Sami Zayn getting thrown literally eight feet in the air by Cesaro. Cesaro catches him off of a DDT, throws him up eight feet in the air, and European uppercuts the soul from his body. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> So that's also heartwarming, by the way. But uh, anyway, so we're going to wrap up the show. Um, as always, follow us on Twitter at RingmasterCMU. Uh, Jameson, what's your Twitter? Jameson424, J-A-M-I-S-O-N-424. All right, and I am at Grant underscore L-E-F-A-I-V-E, uh, at Grant underscore LeFave. So follow us on Twitter. Let us know what you thought. So uh, until next week, see you later, Marks. Uh-huh.